We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brian Curtis is with us, and he's an editor-at-large and the host of the Press Box podcast at The Ringer. Brian, appreciate you uh, coming on today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sean. This is my official start of football season, I'll have you know. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Like, we're we're on the eve of uh, Notre Dame training camp starting next week, so we're going to be hitting the face with this even, even quicker than we want. They're starting around the time NFL training camps are starting right now so it's here i feel we've all been in this game of chicken all summer for the first one of us to say it's football season <laughs> we yes. all desperately wanted to be football season let's just say it right now it's it's football season here we go that's right we we drag on for weeks on end with with little to no content and now that it's here we're we're ready for it so. <laughs> absolutely well you know you are the bulk of your content there with with what you do at the ringer is focused on sports media i am i'm curious before we kind of jump into a conversation about some college football media how did how did you get into media coverage a terrible sickness going all the way back to childhood (laughs) when i first started reading the sports page i think it was in second or third grade and i just remember you know in the old days of course i grew up in dallas fort worth so the giant 30 page Sunday sports sections and I'd grab it and there'd be a huge picture of a Dallas Cowboys player or Texas Rangers player, whoever it was in the front. And I'd look down at the little driver's license sized photo of the columnist. (laughs) And I just think, well, I wonder what he's like, you know, who cares about the quarterback here? I wonder what this guy wrote the articles like. I have no idea why I thought that other than I wanted to be a sports writer. Uh, And then I started writing about people like that. And it has become a very happy, if unlikely career. Did you did you look up to Rudy Martsky, you know, like oh back in gosh. the day? Or? He was the king. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I could, you know, back in those days, of course, there was no internet. So like getting right. your hands on a USA Today and you know, finding out the news about Paul McGuire and Phil Sims. I mean, that was that was <laughs> right. it, maybe. The critique of the broadcast and all yeah. that kind of good stuff. A plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have like right. toughest takes. Remember that? It would be somebody on an NFL right. game show who said absolutely nothing. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> the Bengals need to play better. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Well, you, as you mentioned, you're from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and you are a Texas alum, or as they say in Texas, you're a Texas ex, I guess. That's right. So, um, how how important was Texas football to your college experience? 
it was the most important thing if we're being honest you know i mean i i was certainly excited to go down there because of the school and Austin and journalism opportunities. But I remember we had a thing at our freshman orientation. You could pick anything you wanted to tour. And I chose a stadium. Like I didn't choose the communication school. Like that was, I was like, well, I want to see where I'm going to be sitting Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And that was like, I was like, I was a recruit or something. It's... And that was, you know, and I tell people that who let us say went to more prestigious East coast universities. And I think I'm kidding. And I said, no, I'm really not. It was also the first, my freshman year was the first year of the Big 12, which at the time was quite a glamorous super conference and something I'd never seen growing up in Texas. Hey, it's Nebraska and Oklahoma. We're all in the same place. Right. That was it for me. That's why I wanted to go there because I thought, you know what, for four years, I'm going to have football every Saturday. And oh, by the way, there's a sophomore named Ricky Williams, and that should be a lot of fun too. Turned out. To I was going to say, I was wrapping up school about the time that you were starting then at the University of Kansas. And I remember they had had a couple decent seasons when Glenn Mason was there. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of us, you know, usually you didn't have to buy season tickets to Kansas football. You know, that's historically, obviously. But, you know, they had a good season, so we bought tickets. And I remember going to see um, the Texas Longhorns come to town with Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes in the backfield. That, that was, was uh, that was quite a team. Yeah, so fun. Are you excited, you know, last year in the Big 12? Are you excited for the SEC next year? How are you feeling about that? You know, I was a little... Um... I don't know if bummed is the right word, but I was a little thrown when the announcement first came down because it, after, what is it now, 25 plus years, I'd finally kind of gotten used to the Big 12 and was enjoying all those rivalries. And the SEC, look, it's a fantastic place to be. It seems weird to complain about your school going to the SEC. But, you know, I don't have any natural affinity for playing Ole Miss and right. Florida and Georgia. Now, when I saw the schedule for 2024, it looks awesome. I mean, those are going to be – there's some big schools playing each other every single week. Um, I'm also scared as a Texas fan. I don't know <laughs> if the phrase Texas is back has any resonance at all to you, Sean. But uh, we're, No one's ever heard that before. What are never, you talking about? Never, no one's never, ever said Texas is not back. Not against the Irish at all. And I don't know, but I don't know if you know, we're not back and have not been back uh, since that phrase was uttered. So – the idea of playing those schools every week, uh, despite Texas is really hanging in quite well against Alabama last year, is is pretty scary to me. It seems, and we were looking at those schedules when they released next year's, you know, what that first year for Texas and Oklahoma are going to look like. I mean, they're not very easy. I mean, it, it seems like with realignment, so much of it is obviously TV driven with the contracts and everything else. I mean, if nothing else, it seems like with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, it's seems like consumers are 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 going to probably enjoy what they get out of this with those Absolutely. moves. I don't see how you can't. I mean, and, and you and I both know that in college football, it's important for those teams to be good, but first it's important for those teams to be big national and regional brands that just have fan bases that show up every week and right you know part of college football is fun even when you're not as good as you want to be so look in uh, it's hard to look at a schedule that has all those games every week and you see me mention the big 10 too and just be like oh wow <laughs> this is gonna be fun <laughs> i can't wait exactly you know we're both uh cowboys fans and Alas, speaking of not being back yeah yes and i don't know if you saw the news today that that, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, Irish and uh, Zach Martin, the, the, one of the best players they've had for what a, going on a decade now is talking about 
holding out. That's not, you know, fun when training camp starts next week. But Jason Garrett, he uh, he made the move to TV last year when he joined the NBC crew. And, of course, he did some stuff on Sundays with the NFL, and, and he did Notre Dame games as the booth analyst on Saturdays. What what did you think of, of year one of, of Jason Garrett last year? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know what you think about this as a fellow Cowboy fan, but I remember hearing for years that Jason Garrett has a great sense of humor. <laughs> you don't see it at the press conferences, but trust me, when you right, get him off, yeah. he has a great sense of humor. And I remember going to Cowboys training camp in out in California a couple of years ago, and I listened to him off the podium. You know, we did a little off the record thing for a couple minutes. And I was like, and I was like 5% funnier than normal Jason Garrett. <laughs> And I kind of thought the same thing about his NBC work, to be honest. I thought it was about, you know, five to 10% funnier than the Jason Garrett we have on the podium. Like he's, he's, he's okay. You know, um, he's, I just don't know that he's ever going to really be able to let it rip in the sense that is going to make it a truly great announcer. It just feels to me, he's good at explaining football. He's clearly enthusiastic about being there, which we've had announcers that kind of don't want to be there. Right. Just feels like the, you know, the seat belt is on when Jason Garrett is talking to the public. And maybe that's just him. Maybe. And I just thought that when he was doing Notre Dame, I thought that when he was doing, uh, doing the studio show last year, the same thing. I agree. He was at least a little bit better than I thought he was going to be. But at, at the same time, there's it, this, the, the seat belt analogy is probably kind of the best way to go. I, I don't think, especially from the Notre Dame broadcast standpoint, I mean, you had Jason Garrett, a rookie analyst, and he's paired up with, you know, a very raw rookie, Jack Collinsworth, doing the play-by-play. I don't think, like, if Mike Tirico had been there, I feel like maybe he, you know, he could maybe bring a little bit more out of him. I think it's probably tougher 
when you're talking about two rookies in the booth at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. We saw Mike Tirico do a playoff game with Drew Brees. So, you know, he's he's got yeah. experience <laughs> <laughs> trying to do it. Absolutely. That's right. You know, it irks a lot of people, of course, that that Notre Dame has its own TV contract, but it also irks a lot of Notre Dame fans that they've got this three decades long, you know, running deal contract with with NBC, but they've never had a Notre Dame alum as an analyst in the booth. I'm I'm curious as, you know, again, as a, as a media observer, you know, someone who's really into this kind of stuff, what do you think? How, how Notre Dame should a Notre Dame TV broadcast be? It's a great question. I mean, it's been something, as you point out, since the 90s that has blown people's minds. I mean, I remember when it first happened, but Notre Dame has their own TV channel. And of course, now that sounds sort of anachronistic, right? Everybody in some way or another has their own <laughs> streaming channel and all right. kinds of channels, right? Um, you know, I would think NBC has always wanted to approach that as a national broadcast. We have one of the handful of college football teams that can be considered a national college football team, right? It has its own fan base, but it's as a national team. And we're going to produce this like a national broadcast, meaning like a broadcast that's going to be like the ABC game of the week and the ESPN Saturday night game and the CBS SEC Saturday afternoon game and not as a game that's tailored necessarily to Notre Dame fans. And I really think that's how you have to do it, you know, and of course the interest in that broadcast is going to go up and down to some extent based on how good Notre Dame is. That's just natural. But I would, I would, I don't, you know, the idea of sort of tailoring it on that big a scale, even now, even with the shrunken, uh, state of the networks, I just think would be a little bit much, perhaps. Yeah, I mean Brady Quinn is, you know, the he, he's always been a favorite son, but he's <laughs> he's one that always comes up, and he's got a pretty good gig, you know, with with what he's doing right now on Fox, though. And that's a good that's a good name, right? He's, I mean, he's somebody who would be really good at that. I think I like I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, if you can't get him, I'm not really sure. Trying to trying to go down the the mental roster of. Notre Dame is Aaron Aaron Taylor still available, right? That's hey, the, you never know. He might be. You know, I think he's. I think he's still. He's doing something for CBS Sports. Yeah. Uh, you know the the Golics are are, are one that. You oh, know, there I you think, go. I think, and they they actually live in town part time anyway. And I think that they would would jump on that. But uh, Big Mike, you know, Mike Senior is is doing a lot. You know, some radio stuff. I think still and and that kind of thing. But yeah, they'd be very natural ones to do it. And see, that's one that's that's where you could do it where it'd be Notre Dame, but also especially in Mike Senior's case, Mike Junior's case, too, big national personalities. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like them, Mike Senior, especially because of how long he did Mike and Mike. One, he's got, you know, sort of his own brand appeal, but he also when you, when you have a job like that for for two decades, I mean, you know, they would play up the Notre Dame shtick, but I also feel like he learned how to, you know, sort of walk the line with some objectivity, you know, with 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 that job that he totally, had. yeah, he's a he's a he's a pro, and it would just be fun too because I think a lot of people miss him from the radio and have been kind of waiting for him to get a really. I know he does podcasts and you said the radio stuff, uh, calling games, but for him to get a big job like that would be cool. I think it's going to be interesting with NBC adding these primetime Big Ten games. There's there's going to be, you know, again, like if we're talking about Booth, you still have a, a fairly raw Booth doing the Notre Dame games, at least for this season. But you, the Big Ten games are going to have Todd Blackledge, who's been doing it for a long time, and Noah Eagle, who even though 
I don't know how much you've you've seen him like he's done some of those Nickelodeon games the last couple of years, but you know, you you can tell that the apple didn't far from <laughs> fall far from the tree with with Noah Eagle and, and Ian Eagle. I think that's gonna be a really good booth on Saturdays this season. Definitely. And I listen to him do clipper games back home and he's he's really, right. really good. I mean, one of these guys, you know, and, and again, there's the there's the iron connection for sure, and and he's talked about that, but also just these guys come out of Syracuse and you're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, they just feel like they're ready to be the next Mike Tarico right away. And he's one of those guys who absolutely will do it. And I think, I think it's interesting to do Todd Blackledge is the ultimate veteran, right? Hasn't he done every network now, CBS, ESPN, NBC. Probably so. And then you get somebody like Noah, who's super young and uh, pair them together. That's fun. Yeah. I think so too. He's really good for, for as young as he is. But then, like you said, the guys come out of Syracuse and they're, they're ready to go. You know, we grew up though with guys like Keith Jackson and, and Brent Musburger forever. And I mean, even like Vern Lundquist, I think you can probably throw him in there. Sure. Does it kind of feel like, do you, do you miss kind of having, you know, like, especially, you know, whether it's Buck or Michaels or, you know, most of the NFL booths, it's like, you know, you know, it's a big game feel when, when, when they're doing games, does it feel like college is maybe missing a little bit of that without some of those guys, like I just mentioned? So I go back and forth on this. I definitely think there's something to that in all sports, by the way, not just college football. Um, But I think what's changed is it's not that the announcers have gotten small. It's that television has gotten smaller on us. You know, it used to be when we were listening to Keith Jackson say, oh, it's going to be an old-fashioned shooting <laughs> match out here, Texas, Oklahoma, and the Red River. Um, the world was just a lot smaller, right? You know, we really had three networks, almost four networks. We had cable television. But, you know, the audiences of those games were so big that it made every announcer seem big. You know, not just the great ones like the ones you mentioned, but the ones who were solid B-pluses and hung around <laughs> for decades, sure. too. So, you know, to me, I mean, when uh, this is a little bit of an aside, but when Jeff Van Gundy got laid off from ESPN the other day, I was shocked to see he did 17 NBA finals in a row. Think of that. I didn't realize he'd been around that long. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that big, quote unquote, who didn't eat nearly that many as an analyst. And there's some there's some play by play guys, but never anybody as an analyst who did anything like 17 finals. So I just think it's the way you know what I almost think, Sean, it's like a perception thing about TV it feels smaller because the world is, you know, broken up into a million pieces rather than these guys actually being smaller. Do you have a favorite right now? I really like the Saturday night uh, game uh, Fowler and Herbie. And I really like how that game is produced. I just think if you talk about big time feel under the lights, it's mostly a night game. They do some afternoon games, but it just is produced with this real cinematic feel to it. And that always, I just watch that game, that ESPN theme music, and I get really excited to watch college football, even if I'm not super locked into that matchup. Um, Vern doing the CBS games until he retired. I saw Vern last year down in Austin. I mean, like, you know, Vern's voice for CBS on Sunday afternoons, or Saturday afternoon, excuse me, got me fired up too. But yeah, probably the Saturday night ESPN game right now. Yeah, Vern, uh, old Cowboys, I think. Didn't he do, used to do radio back he in the day, I think, as well? He was a local sports yeah. guy, too, when I was a kid in uh, Dallas. Wow. At, t- at 10 o'clock. So, you know, you mentioned Fowler and, and Herb Street. Fowler's not on game day any, anymore. Obviously, Herb Street still is. I mean, it's been around for a long time. I've been pretty impressed with how, you know, I was skeptical of if Fox could kind of make any real inroads with this big noon 
pregame, you know, how would you maybe kind of compare those two shows, game day versus big noon? It's a big lift for big noon to try to come in and knock that off. I mean, that show's just been on the air for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think big noon is a totally solid show to watch that. I enjoy Rob Stone. I enjoy the personalities on that show. I know we swapped out Reggie Bush for Mark Ingram coming up into this year. Mm-hmm. I think the big difference for pregame shows these days is who's the person you really want to hear what they have to say on a pregame show. You know, sometimes that's a reporter because they have scoops and stuff like that. A lot of times it's an analyst. And I find if I'm choosing between those shows, it's really the ones I want to hear are on game day. You know, it's I want to hear what Herbie has to say. Pat McAfee, because he might say something really funny or just go off on some tangent that seems really good. Right. Like, (laughs) and then the headgear at the end. I just feel that the must watch the thing that I'm going to regret missing in addition, by the way, to just a lot of production magic that they've cultivated over the decades is still with game day for me. Well, and I mean, a lot of people, you know, like you want to hear maybe what Herb Street has to say because you're trying to, you know, like fans want to sit there and go, well, he hates our team and that oh. kind of stuff. And the, you know, the, I heard you and Rosillo, Ryan Rosillo recently had a, a really good conversation about that. You know, that kind of goes back to his time at ESPN when he would hear from you know, a lot of fans of a, a lot of different teams. And, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like, like, isn't the real test of, of bias, you know, like, do you, do, do most fans actually detect any bias? Like if they're other than at a time when they're watching their own team, like if they're watching a game that doesn't involve their team, are they, or do their, you know, does their radar go up and go, he's, he's biased against this team. It seems like, you know, it only happens when their team is actually the one that, you know, they're ingesting whatever information about. It's funny how that works, isn't it? And they're never worried if the announcer is biased for their team. Right. You know, if he goes on there and sings the praises of you for an hour, then, oh, well, he just he's just finally calling it down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody thinks. And I'm just amazed how people never forget this stuff. I mean, I'm I subscribe to Texas message boards and it's like, you know, whenever Herbie comes up, there's some clip about charlie strong that he said you know i'm like wow i haven't really thought about charlie strong in years and yet you're remembering <laughs> he said something some slight of charlie strong yeah or the program <laughs> or whatever and it's like whoa <laughs> you know i i heard you coin i think you coined this term i'd never heard of it before bummage the concept of <laughs> i think what you call bummage and it seems like you see more of this in college broadcast than in professional broadcast can you explain to our uh, our listeners and viewers the concept of bummage so it comes from behind the scenes people that produce the games out in the truck outside the stadium and what they like to see in addition to joy in addition to happy players celebrating is sadness <laughs> players dejected after making a play you know in the nfl you look at those fox broadcasts and right when the quarterback throws an interception they'll show a replay and it's in super slow-mo and his face is just rotating like this and he looks just anguished and then of course the college version we get are usually fans in the stands right mm-hmm. looking really really upset and my take on that um has always been i remember from my own college years i remember doing things like that and having no you know, idea, right, that I'd be on camera, like that certainly wasn't the goal. But you were, I always think, doing it in a very public way. You were playing to the fans around you 
you were playing to your little section of the stadium. You know, we always think of it as, oh, this person has been caught completely unawares by the camera. <laughs> they have no idea that they're doing surrender Cobra, whatever it is. Right. But to me, I was always very aware of I was doing it. I was aware because we were all in this thing together where we were emoting and mad and are happy or elated or whatever. And I just think, I always think college fans know exactly what they're doing most of the time when those things happen, you know, and you'll see them, they'll have their thing here and they're looking over at their friend. like, that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, they're not unaware. They're totally aware. They may be unaware they're on TV, but they're, un they're totally aware of what they're doing. I always wonder where the cameras are, you know, like, are they all the way across the field? How close are the kids? You know, some people seem to, you know, seem to know, but then others seem to have no clue. Exactly. Yeah. Where I think they the, are so the answer is usually all the way across. And there's certain there's certain cameras that have fan responsibilities on certain plays because mm -hmm. the ball's away away from them, so they're looking, <laughs> and their job is to find those people and put them on television. Yeah. You know that's 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 the goal, right? Because it's become such a funny part of college football TV. Bowl season and March Madness. It's just you know, it's like like play crowd shot, play crowd shot. It's, oh, it's, and they all become famous. You know these people yeah, the memes, for years and right. years. That's exactly right. I wanted to ask you about Paul Feinbaum. I know you've had him on your show in the past. And he's interesting, I think, when you look at the media landscape, because he got to start as a newspaper guy. And like a lot of sports reporters, sort of migrated to radio, and that eventually became TV. But he, like, Feinbaum seems so unique to me, because, correct me if I'm wrong, he seems like the only guy who's really kind of made that big a move specific to college football you know like a college football content maker what, what do you think makes paul feinbaum one of one basically yeah certainly like that's only that's very very focused on college football you know right I mean, mcafee plays in that sandbox right but it's not the same quite the same um well i think a couple of things one is just the, the growth of the sec right i mean he's he would be the first to tell you that as the sec becomes the dominant conference in america again something that would have been just laughable when i was a kid when the SEC was winning few to no national championships, he's riding that wave uh, like everybody else, you know, because you have all of a sudden all these people around the country like me who are like, wait a second, the SEC's number one. Well, who's going to be our pundit and interpreter and uh, guy screening calls from some of the most uh, colorful sports radio callers in history? And it turns out to be Paul. And Paul's also just very, very good at, you know, the medium, right? Like he's a good radio host. He knows how to get attention. He knows how to get a reaction. He has fun doing it. Uh, and he's also the point where coaches who he will have criticized will just come on his show, you know, and come right back on there. It's kind of amazing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I've watched more of him this week. He's been doing his show from the SEC media days and just kind of watching that, you know, in the background as I do some other stuff. He's he's much more he's much more calm, I think, than I anticipated. Yes. You know, like I don't watch him a lot, but he is he definitely like just the the personality and some of the stuff that you hear from him, it's it's a different demeanor, I think, than what I was expecting. Much more downbeat, isn't it, than if you just read quotes from Paul Feinbaum? Right. You think there, you'd imagine some somebody ranting and raving or whatever, but his his delivery is very almost deadpan. Uh, but he he winds up. But what he says when you listen to it, you know, is is the, it's great. I, There's I a teeth to that. Him. Yeah, that's exactly right. From a from a watching college football standpoint live games is there anything that you you know would 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 change or would want to see differently from the way tv networks broadcast a college football game it's funny i've been thinking about this with the uh, baseball games being radically shortened this season mm. i'm like is there a point where we even us who are just complete sicko college football fans are going to be like you know what four and a half hours is just a smidge <laughs> too much <laughs> a little bit <laughs> I don't know that I'm totally there yet because if, especially if it's Texas, I'm locked in and, and I, <laughs> Hey, what else do I have to do? But it, it's a long time yes, uh, to invest. And I think, you know, whenever they have these periodic kind of panics where kids at schools aren't going to college football games, you know, the fact that it's four and a half hours or four hours or whatever it is, we have to, at some point, um, just kind of wrestle that down a little bit. No, you know, I don't know. <sighs> Gosh, I mean, of course, I have gripes about announcers and, and presentation. And I find, you know, especially college football, when you're off the top 25, the announcing experience can be quite a ride. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting. Right. As, as a kid, we'd, we'd be on the Fox directional network, you know, a couple of times a year. And I'd be like, holy mackerel, this is this is different. <laughs> it's not Keith Jackson. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, mostly to me, college football is almost like a pizza buffet, the, the, the kind that I don't sadly get to eat anymore, but I used to eat when I was in college, where you're going in for mass, right? You're going in for quantity. That's true. Not necessarily quality. And so, you know, I'll have my notes on the broadcast and all that stuff, but mostly I'm just pigging out and loving it. You've covered WrestleMania, and I think you've been to Super Bowl Radio Row for a couple mm -hmm. of years now is, is there an event you haven't covered that you would like to cover that's a good one i've probably you know the ones i miss are big college football games um my beat you know i'll go out to stadiums uh here and there and and i always want to go to more but yeah if i had anything you know it'd be, it'd be the college football playoff and be it'd be you know what it would be it would be a big college whatever the big college football game every week is that's what i want to do Super Bowl's fun. I've done that a couple of times and the radio row stuff is, is a, is a, is a great blast. Cause it's just kind of crazy, but there's nothing like college football games, especially college football games in home stadiums. I mean, to me, that's just the most fun thing in the world. Like I said, that's why I went to college where I did. Yeah. And I think that's what I'd want to do on a more regular basis. If I was going somewhere. 
I think that that's that's what's gonna there's I think there's gonna be extra excitement with this 12 team format with getting some of these games on campus and kind of getting some of that atmosphere. I, I think that that's really gonna you know some people still don't like it, but I think that's actually gonna be a good thing overall getting some of these important games like you were talking about on campuses. The only ones that are just dead to me are the ones when you have these um, some of these early season, you know, special matchups in Jerry World in Dallas or in Arlington. <laughs> right. And you're just looking at it. It's like this place looks dead. You know, I've, I've been on the team to keep Texas, Oklahoma out of Dallas Cowboys facilities now for 20 years, <laughs> however long we've been talking about this, because like I want to be in the middle of the state fair. I want to be in a stadium <laughs> that feels like it's literally about to fall down every time you <laughs> climb into it. That's fun. You know, and and a, and home stadiums, right? Even better, like that's that is that there's so much there, right? Away from that corporate NFL feeling atmosphere, that's where college football ought to be played. Brian, we uh, we predicted the text what Texas is going to do this season earlier this week on our show is are, are the Longhorns back? Where, where are they? Are they back? I think they are back in the technical sense that they could compete for a conference title this year. It's kind of all up to Quinn Ewers. They actually, Steve yeah. Sarkeesian, who I am very much on the fence about uh, as a coach, is an excellent recruiter and has recruited lights out at Texas so far, uh, especially at the quarterback position. But I think, you know, Quinn Ewers comes in and has, you know, last year he had some moments of brilliance and then especially toward the end of the season, a lot of moments of just blah. He plays well this year. Texas could be a really good team this year. I don't know if a playoff team, but it's certainly a Big 12 champion kind of team this year. This is, what, third coach now removed from Mac Brown, I believe. you went Herman and then Strong, who you mentioned, and now Sarkeesian. Is it just a matter of recruiting? You know, like, do you do you feel any – you said you were on the fence about Sarkeesian. Are, are, do you have any better feel for him than you had for those previous two guys? <sighs> I think he's a good recruit. I think he's a better recruiter. I think those the, the recruiting of those guys kind of went up and down. I think Sark is has a real good eye for recruiting and a real good eye for quarterbacks. But as a game day coach, I have no better feel for him than I had anybody before him. Interesting. Absolutely not. I mean, he's he's not earned it. You know, Texas thrown away a lot of good games. And again, this is Texas, right? And and the part of the part of the joy of growing up in Texas is that I had low expectations. I knew <laughs> I knew I was not going to the national championship factory when I signed up to go to UT. But I, I guess you were out of school, but you got a couple, you know, national well, championship, you know, one championship and one, one other game, right? One other went game. To one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one other game. Um, so you know, again, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world, but it just doesn't Texas just never had that tradition. You know, you look back at it, and it took Daryl Royal, uh, you know, Daryl, other than Daryl Royal, it wasn't really, Texas hadn't been very good, you know, or, or certainly great for an extended period of time. So I'm always, my expectations are tempered. Yeah. Trust me, there are a lot of Notre Dame fans who would take that one championship <laughs> that you were talking about. There was one game, right? If I remember right, against Bama. That's right. That's right. One game, yeah, didn't uh, ended up a little bit more lopsided than yeah than that. some playoff appearances, you know. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Brian Curtis from the Press Box Podcast at the Ringer, editor at large at the Ringer, as well. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you doing this today. Thank you. Anytime. Great fun to talk to you, Sean.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.